0: Amen.
1: Worship the Lord this morning. The words of the song will be on your screen this morning. Welcome to church this morning. I know it's a little rainy outside, a little dreary, a little uh, damp out there. I know some are traveling, some are getting off late from work, some are not going to be here today. Uh, Families in town, but we are here, and so we're going to come and celebrate and worship the Lord today. So let's just sing uh, some old hymns of the church. Uh, just simply is going to remind us uh, what Christ did for us, so let's worship the Lord together.
2: remembered i'm real bad about not picking up a microphone okay in proverbs chapter 3 you thought i was going to go to psalms because i usually do but in my study this week in my sunday school lesson i started reading and reading and reading and this just jumped out at me my son forget not my law but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the father, the son in whom he delighteth. Thank you, Lord, for your word. He has done so many things for us. And and this morning when Solomon prayed and asked for wisdom, and the Lord not only gave him wisdom, but he gave him health and wealth, honor, all because he obeyed the Lord. And in Proverbs, it tells you, son, daughter, obey the Lord. Trust in him. He's good to trust. So lots of people are sick today. Some people are traveling. We pray that the Lord will be with all of them. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name, Lord. We thank you for this ability to come before you and pray directly to you, Lord, because we are priests in thy household. Lord, I pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and help us to do as you would have us to do. Lord, help us to make a joyful noise unto you today, Lord. Help the preacher to say the words that you would have him to say, Lord, that will touch our hearts, that we can take your word forward, use it in the kingdom to further your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you will bless us and keep us and help us to do as you would have us to do. We ask all of this in the holy name of Jesus. And they all said, Amen. Thank you. Amen. If you remain standing
1: this morning, remember that if you would like to give today, you can give so in the offering boxes up front or the one immediately leaving the double doors of the sanctuary. Anytime through this next song, if you have forgotten or haven't had an opportunity to give today, you can do so during that time period or after church, drop it in those boxes. But let's continue worshiping the Lord this morning. The song of the theme today is just about remembering how good God has been. This song really uh, emphasizes that. It talks about how that we serve an everlasting God. And if God was able to do it all the way back in Bible times for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that same God still has the same power to do that today. We serve the same God. So we're going to talk to sing today about how the Lord is an everlasting God today. serve a God who is the Defender of the Week today. You may be seated just for a moment in the presence of the Lord. The worship team is going to sing this song for you this morning, but just because you're seated doesn't mean you have to stop worshiping the Lord today. And so the reason we're doing this, we want you to hear the words of this song, and immediately following this song, we're going to jump right back in <coughs> to worship this morning. But We want you to listen to the words of this song today, and we want you to worship with us today as we declare how great and mighty the Lord is make residency with us this morning. Lord, because you are so good. Tanner, will you go to that tag where it says, I am blessed, I am called, I am healed, I am whole on that slide, on that song? You see, you don't realize how blessed we really are.
2: Amen.
1: Let me just tell you how blessed we really are. Last week I shared with you from the pulpit that Brother and Sister Barnes was supposed to come last week, but he we had a little accident got his feet out from under him and broke his foot, messed up his foot. Supposed to go to orthopedic surgery, supposed to go to the doctor, supposed to maybe have to have surgery, be in a boot, be in a cast. But Brother Barnes is the only one that drives in the family that distance. And so without the ability to have functioning of his foot, you can't drive. I don't know how many of you have ever sprained a foot or broken a foot, but that takes a while to kind of get over the initial shock factor. That was like last Thursday, Friday of last week. He's right here this morning. Amen.
2: Amen. Praise the Lord.
1: Obviously, there are many of you here this morning. People made it in time for church out of the Word others. But God is so good to us. Let me tell you, take this a step further. When I came here to pastor year, about two years ago, just, short, just shy of two years ago. We were growing. People were coming. We were having a lot of visitors. But then, obviously, COVID hit. Other things happened. People kind of got shifted around and stuff happened. You know, we've had visitors come and go and things like that, rightfully so. You know, Pastor Art has been filling in for Pastor Jack at Mount Calvary and having to cover that. Thank the Lord, Pastor Jack is slowly making that turn on the men's and he's bouncing back faster at his older age than uh, we anticipated. He's getting there. But this morning, not only did my family, as in my uncle and aunt here this morning, but my extended family, my cousins are here with their new baby here yeah. this morning at church today. Now you say, oh, well, that's just coincidence. It may be coincidence, but God still brought up the church this
2: morning. Amen. Okay.
1: Then that's on my mom's side of the family. On my dad's side of the family, which is, my dad is the baby of the family, His, he's Next, youngest uh, sibling is seven years uh, ahead of him, and then his older siblings are fourteen years ahead of him. And so, my dad has a baby sister, or a younger sister, not younger than him, but his younger sister, who is my aunt Kathy. She is the Oompa of the family. She's about four foot eleven going to heaven, and uh, she's real small, and uh, she's she's cute as can be. But uh, that's my dad's side of the family. Well, I also this morning have my dad's side of the family because my cousin on my dad's side of the family. Is in church with me this morning because God is good. Because God is good. Now, last week you wouldn't know this because you you don't know it because you leave before all these numbers come in. But last week we had twenty-some odd people out. We had fifty-two people in church. You do the math. Some of the people that were out last week are here this week. Some of the people that were here last week are not here this week. But when you put the numbers together, that means there's the potential that over 75 people could have been in this building last week. Amen. Had that all Amen. worked out. Praise God the Lord. is good, church. So these are not just words. We are blessed. We are called. I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. Are not. We are called. We are healed. Amen. We are made whole. We all, if we have come, if anybody here that's ever been saved, anybody remember the day you got saved? Well, we all got saved by the name of Jesus. There is no other name by which men under heaven can be saved except at the name of Jesus. So we've been saved by Jesus' name. The Bible says that the favor of the Lord rests upon us. So we are highly favored. The Bible says that if we, the psalmist actually says that just like the oil ran down the beard of Aaron. God wants to anoint us with his power and with his glory so we can be anointed, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and endued in power. We are a blessed people, church. We are blessed today. So that is why when we sing songs like I am blessed, I am called, I am healed, I am whole, and saved in Jesus' name, highly favored, anointed, filled with your power for the glory of Jesus' name. That's why these words mean so much to me this phrase right here means more to me than anything else. God, you're so
0: good, God, you're so
1: Thank him as you're seated this morning. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord just for a moment. Amen. As you are seated, don't lose focus on worship today. We're going to be in the book of Genesis chapter 1. Let me make some announcements to you real quick. Don't forget you can download the app called Our Church. You can get it on the Apple Store or on Google Play. So whether you have an uh, Android device or you have an Apple device or your iOS device, you can go and download an app called Our Church. As soon as you download it, it will literally ask you type in the name of your church. When you type in Santee Circle COG, it will bring it up and you will be able to follow us with a church app. Also, you can go the next slide. You can go to our church website, Santee Circle COG. You can give online there if you want to. You can keep up with the events. You can keep up with what's going on with PBS. You can keep up with what's going on in men's and women's ministry. You can, thank you so much. You can keep up with what's happening around our campuses, what we're doing uh, out in the community, any kind of upcoming events, it's all on there. It has information about the church. It has information about the various ministries within the church. You can follow us on that as well. Also, don't forget, I'm going to switch mics here so that for the live stream purposes. Don't forget, tonight starts VBS 2021 at 7 p.m. We have uh, some kids already pre-registered. If you haven't registered already, you still can. If you have friends or family that you know that doesn't know about it or hasn't been told about it yet, tell them. They can still come. They can still be a part. There's no issues with that. They still can be a part of the event. Uh, They also will have a sign-in registration table each night, so even if they can't come every night, we'll check them in. It'll all be good. We'd love to have them. Uh, There's invite cards out there, all that kind of stuff. If you have signed up to work in any capacity, kitchen, you know, outside, crafts, food, security, if you have signed up or you have talked to Sister Jennifer or myself about helping in VBS in any way, shape, or form at all, I need to meet with you just five minutes after church. Well, actually, Sister Jennifer needs to meet with you. But five minutes after church just to give you some instructions where your classes are, where you're going to be, and how the night's going to work. So if you're planning on working VBS at all, even if you're only coming one night to work it, please just give us five minutes of your time just to give you some instructions on that. Yes, All right, Brother Larry needs a couple guys You'll help us just to slide the pulpit. We're just going to drop it down to this corner right here so they can put up the decorations for VBS. So some of you young strapping men that are here, I know there's a lot of you in here. Uh, Don't make Brother Barnes put you all to shame, okay? Don't make him do it, all right? So uh, don't forget that as well. Children, it is your moment in time. It's your opportunity. If you are a child, you can follow this Sandy right out these doors. To my left and to your right, I think Miss Patty may be their helper today. All my little kids and grandkids, we got you. Oh, if you want to come to Children's Church, we got you right here. There's not a problem. It's wonderful. It's going to be great. They're going to do all kinds of fun stuff. I think Miss Riley's headed that way. They're all headed that way. They're all running out of the way. And you can go check it out. Parent, don't forget to sign your kid out when it's over. I don't want to take them home. They're yours. You keep them. You birth them, they belong to you. I'll take him. That's the only one I'll take. That's it. Rest of y'all, your kids go home, but he can go with me. Because you take him in public, you get free stuff. Oh, that's the cutest little baby. I know, I know. People like babies. I'll take a baby all day long because it works to my advantage to take babies all day long. So uh, please make sure to sign your kid out today as well. All right. Are you ready for the work today? I'm going to have you stand. We're going to be in Genesis 1 first, and then we're going to be in John chapter 1. Brandon, if you'll put a little bit of this black mic and this monitor above my head, just a little bit, uh, so I don't feel like I'm in a distant land. Genesis chapter 1, you know this, you could quote this, this is easy stuff. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now the only word, and we're going to go to verse 2, but the only word you really need to remember is God created that's it i could shut this bible and walk out of this auditorium today and you heard from me heard from god today because god still creates things out of nothing no matter how void the earth was without form and void no matter how bad it is in your life no matter how bleak it is in your life no matter how awful you might be going through a situation no matter how bad it gets god still creates something out of nothing darkness was over the face of the waters and of the deep and the Spirit of the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit, was hovering, one translation says, or moved upon the face of the water. Now, notice what John 1 says. In the beginning. Same words. In the beginning, God created. John says, in the beginning, at the same time. When God was creating, in the beginning, so also in the beginning was the Word. The Word, y'all. That's Jesus. So while God's creating, at the same time, in the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's always been. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Notice what he says now. What I read to you in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, all things were made by him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Which tells me that even when there's nothing, God can still make something out of nothing. Because all things have been created by God. In Him was life. Meaning, even death. There was no life without God. God's the giver and sustainer of life. And the life was the light of men. And in the light... And and the light, I'm sorry, shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Remember what Genesis 1 said in the beginning? God created the earth was formed, and darkness covered the face of the deep. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not and comprehended it not. Do you know what Genesis 1 and 3 says? And God said, Let there be light. Because light dispels darkness. I turn all these lights off, you're in the dark. But as soon as I flip that switch, you're not in the dark anymore because the light has come on. Can I tell you today, you might be spiritually in darkness, but the day Jesus walks into your life, you're no longer in darkness. You come to the light. Called salvation, you come into the light. He was in the world and the world was made or created by him. But the world didn't know him. He came into his own, but his own didn't receive him. But as many, meaning whosoever Sister Beulah would take him, as many as received them, he gave them power. Now we've been preaching on the last couple of weeks that Terry ye into Jerusalem till you be endued with power dunamis from on high that the Holy Ghost come upon you. Anybody that's willing to have him, God's willing to give him. Anybody that wants the Holy Ghost, God will give it. Anybody that wants to be saved, as many as will accept Him as Lord and Savior, He will give them power to become sons and daughters of God. We become heirs, joiners, we become family. Even to them that believeth on His name. What did we sing in the song? I am saved in Jesus' name. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man but of god here's the last verse and the word that we've been talking about in the beginning god created in the beginning was the word the light dispels the darkness and the word clothed himself in flesh means he looked just like you he looked just like me oh he might have had a little bit more olive complexion or a little bit a little bit more of a natural suntan he might have had darker hair than i had he he might have had a different color set of eyes but but he was in all manner in likeness just like me. He was tempted like me. He faced adversity like me. He lost friends and family members like we all have. He cried like me. So when people say, Well, God, you just don't understand, I've cried myself to sleep. Oh, the most powerful verse in the Bible is two words, John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept, God cried too. He felt pain. He felt sorrow. Because the Word became flesh, and He just didn't come and become flesh, Brother Jimmy. The Bible said He dwelt. That means He made residency. He stayed with us. We saw His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm going to ask the former shepherd and pastor of this house, Pastor Art, if he would pray over the reading of God's word today before we break the bread of life, Pastor. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Sister Tanner, will you hit preset number two on that camera? Make sure we're on two. All right. Praise the Lord. We start VBS tonight, as you well know. We have started a a theme that we are doing in-house based off of a popular movie and television uh, creation of Toy Story. There's about four of them out, I think, by now. And they all have different plots and twists. You know the main characters. There's Woody. There's Rex. There's Mr. Potato Head. Uh, there's Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. You, you, uh, you, Those of you that have ever seen Toy Story, those are the main climactic characters in that story. But, but I want this morning, as a spinoff of that, as we start VBS, I want to, to preach probably the most simplistic message I've ever preached in my lifetime, as well as especially in serving in, in pastoral ministry, but I want to remind us, just for a few moments today, God's story. I want to just, if no one has ever heard what the story, God's story is all about, I want to take just a few minutes today and I want to talk about the God's story. Because sometimes I think when we get to a certain place spiritually, if we're not careful, we forget really the power of God's story. We feel like we've arrived, we feel like we already know it all, we feel like that, that we've seen it all, and we've been around the block quite a few times, and that is true for many people. But it still doesn't take away the power that still is at the beginning of God's story. Remember the key words in Genesis 1 and then also in John 1 was, in the beginning. Each and every one of us have a beginning to our story. In fact, the writer tells us that God knew us even before our beginning. Before we were ever formed in the mother's womb, God already knew who I was and what I would become. He had a plan from the beginning. But even from the beginning of time, sometimes I think we forget how powerful the message and the simplicity. But sometimes we get all, you know, don't take this out of context, but we get all wrapped up in the Hebraic and the Greek and the theological side of things and the hermeneutical side of things. And we try to exegete this and we try to say, well, this is what the Greek says and this is what the uh, Hebrew said and this is what this theologian said and that's what this. And sometimes I think in in the middle of all that minutia, hello, we get so educated that we forget that God didn't need us to be educated. He just needed us to understand the simplicity of the gospel. Now, yes, I have sat through classes of hermeneutics and and, and, and uh, uh, arts of preaching and Old Testament, and New Testament survey and systematic theology and And Andrew, who's with us this morning and studying to be a chaplain, he is in the middle of his his, uh, eight-week course of Greek 1 and 2. He's going to be basically uh, uh, Grecian by the time he is finished, and he will be able to speak in another language, and, and he's learning all this Greek, and that's great. But the world doesn't really care how much Greek or Hebrew you know. They just need to know the God that you know. You can walk to anybody up at Walmart or at Dollar General and tell them now the Greek word kateros means such and such and such and such and they're going to be like, okay, great. Or you can walk up to them and start praying for them and their lives will be changed. And they don't know what the Greek means, but they know the God that touched them in that parking lot means. See, sometimes we miss the story, the God's story, the importance. Sometimes I think that pastors, and, and, and I've probably been guilty of it too, we come to church and we just assume that the majority of the church already knows Jesus. So we preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we preach on, on sanctification. We preach on, on good stewardship campaigns. We preach on God's a deliverer and a sustainer and a giver of life. We preach on all these great theological terms, and, and we talk about sanctification and justification through the regener- uh, regenerative work of Christ. We talk about transubstantiation and Christ being the substitutionary atonement and the propitiation of our sins. That's great, but if you don't know nothing about the Bible, you just I just lost you right then. Because sometimes we forget that God did not call us to reach the church. God called us to reach the lost. And the actual uh, clarion call that was given to us was, Go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them and teaching them all things that I have commanded you. Meaning God never intended for us to become a country club church. He never intended for us to come to church Pay our tithes, which is our country club dues, for those of you who don't know what that is. You know, well, I went and paid my $5 to the church to pay the light bill, to pay the phone bill, to pay the Internet service, to pay this. We're not a country club. It's not a membership. You know, yes, we, you join fellowship with the church, but you don't join fellowship with the church because it gets you some great status in heaven. Church membership is not about getting a better seat at heaven's table. People sometimes think, well, I was a member of such and such church. I've got cemetery plots. Praise God. That means nothing in heaven. You could have cemetery plots right here in the backyard and have the first plot at Santee's Circle Church of God Cemetery and Mortuary. You can, you can have the first plot back here. That means nothing if you don't know Jesus. you got a good place in the dirt and really good wet, fertile soil because it retains water back here, and your casket may float up. When we don't know it Sunday, we didn't know it because it holds water. But when you stand before God, God's not going to say, Now, did you make sure you paid your dues to keep your cemetery plot at Shanty Circle? No. He's got one question. Do you know my son? Has his blood been applied to your heart? Do you do you know that he is the Savior of the world? Have you made him Lord and Savior? And if you get that question wrong, your cemetery plot means nothing. I could have, you could be cremated and we could throw your ashes in the tailrace canal. But if you know Jesus, who cares? Because you went to heaven. See, we get too caught up in all of the dogmatic and the the, uh, religiosity of things rather than the simplicity of God's story. And we come to church and we preach all these things. But, you know, I've often thought to myself, I wonder how many times people have come to church and they needed to hear the gospel. You know what the gospel literally means? Good news. How many people came to church and needed just to hear the gospel message and we failed them because we were worried about getting our theological sermon out to the world? Oh, we're online, we're on live stream, so pastor, you need to make sure that you you preach on all of those educated things to let them know that we are an uptown church. How about we just be a God church and forget what kind of uptown church we are? Hello? Hello? Well, Pastor, if we if we start shouting and speaking in tongues on live stream, people are going to think we're kind of crazy. So what? You don't think if they show up one Sunday and that happens, they're not going to figure it out? We might as well not give them a false advertisement and a false product online. They might as well know what they're getting themselves into should they show up. So there's no need to worry about what the camera's doing. We might as well just be worried about what God's doing in this place. Come on. You see, God's story is one that even... The person that has been saved for 30, 40 years, I still believe it is imperative that we go back and remember it, because I think even those of us that have been saved our whole lives, it still can speak to us if we remember that day Jesus saved us, that day he found us. You see, I read to you out of the book of Genesis and of the book of John, most scholars obviously believe that. The Apostle John wrote the book of John because multiple times throughout the writing of John you hear the phrase, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and things about him observing them with his own eyes. So most people uh, uh, believe that the disciple whom Jesus loved, since that is the equation that has been given to the author of this book, and we know that would be John, everyone is, it's normally pretty much universal that John wrote the book of John. He was an eyewitness. He was there. He could testify of the things that were written were true. John 21 and 24 tells us that John said, I was there. I saw it all. The Bible tells us in multiple accounts of the gospel message, including John's gospel, John was the only disciple still there to the end. John was the one there at the the crucifix scene standing beside Jesus' mother where God himself incarnate looked at John and said, Son, behold thy mother, and uh, mother, behold thy son. It was John who stayed there to the end. John saw it all. John is also the same guy who got the esteemed privilege when he was banned to the island of Patmos for his preaching and his uh, uh, sharing of the gospel message and got banned and isolated and literally was left on an island like a castaway uh, and, and just hoping to die, John's the same guy that gave us the book of Revelation, or the book of the Revelator, he's the same God, that, uh, same guy that sat on that, and then one day he was caught up in the spirit in the vision, and the Lord showed him the majesty and the majesticness of heaven, and he told us what, how beautiful that place is, and he even said, I can't even put into words to describe to you the innateness of this place, that's the same John, so John's been around the block, so he's got some if you will, some uh, some clout, if you will, or, or a little bit of, 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 of history to validate his writing. But John starts his gospel with the same words that Moses began in Genesis, in the beginning. Because for every one of us in our lives, it all starts at the beginning. That precious little baby sitting there this morning? skewed as can be, looking at me like, hurry up, preacher, and shut up so I can go eat. I feel your pain, buddy. I do. But when he was born, the doctors cleaned him up and handed him the first time to his mother. and, and, And Destiny and Lucas were sitting there and they were looking at the pride and joy they brought into this world. At that moment, they got to see the fruition and the fullness of life at its finest hour. Oh, yes, I still believe life begins at conception. So for all, you, all those people that say, well, you know, it's just a zygote and it doesn't happen to. Listen, I, I believe that if it soon as God let that thing take form, that is a life force. So you can say whatever you want to. I believe in still God is the God of life from start to finish, not halfway through three quarters of the way through. No, as soon as the Bible says that life is instilled in the womb, I believe that is God's baby at that point forward. That baby that they're holding there this morning, they got to see all the morning sicknesses, all the pain, all the travail, all the swollen feet, all the weird cravings, all the sleepless nights, all the sciatic nerve and pain. You know what happened the moment Destiny held that baby? She didn't remember any of that junk. didn't matter anymore. You know why? Because she held life in its greatest form. But it all had to start at the beginning. God, in the same way, knew from the foundation of time that he had a plan for humanity. God knew that man would mess up. God knew that he'd have to. That's why all the way back in the book of Genesis, God had a plan because he knew we'd mess up because it all began at the beginning. John began to describe that. In fact, John uses a Greek word called logos, which means word. So when you read in the beginning was the word, that word, word, translates into logos, which means god's thoughts it's literally like god speaking himself when you really think about that it should just just make your your mind be 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 be, you know dumbfounded that that we're actually getting to see and hear god's thoughts in scripture like right now in this passage of scripture we read today we got to see what the mindset of god is like that is a incredible thing to think about that i can think I can understand and comprehend the thought process that God had from the beginning. He created us when God said, let us make man. He's referring to that word, let us. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. He's referring to the Word. He's referring to the Holy Spirit that was moving upon the waters and the light that spells out. He was talking about the Word, Jesus Christ. The three of them together, that triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. He was talking about making it official, let us together come and make man in our own image. Why? Because the angels already were forced to praise the Lord. The angels had no choice but to praise the Lord. The angels were not were not created to have the ability to reason and, and have the cognitive function of choice. They were kind of like robotic, if you will. They were already pre-programmed. But God wanted a people just like him who could think and who could reason and who could comprehend and who could understand what love actually feels like and understand what happiness actually feels like. So he created you. Because he wanted you to be different than anything else he had. He could have created more angels. That wasn't a problem. But see, the angels were not quite like God because... They were pre-programmed, but God wanted something that had his DNA in it. You say, well, pastor, you're, you're, you're really stretching out on a lamp talking about that I have DNA of God. in me. really? Not really, because here's what the Bible says. First of all, we always talk about, you know, we have royal blood flowing through our veins by salvation. That's, that's the spiritual side of that. But physically, you have God's DNA in you. Because the Bible said the following thing. So I want you to understand before I show you this scripture. I already said to you before, God creates things. God creates things. He forms it out of nothing. I read it to you this morning. Darkness, voidness, nothing was in there, but God spoke. God created out of nothing. God made it. And this is how you. I know you have the DNA of God. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, "Said the Lord, out of the dust of the ground, with His own hands, He formed and fashioned." Humanity. But that life source, Lucas, was still dead. There's no breath in that. It was just literally clay and dust and dirt and just a form. It was almost like a statue on the side of the road. It was just a nice silhouette of a human. But no life was in that. It was just a statue. But the Bible said that God breathed breath into the nostrils of mankind. Now you can use all the Greek, Hebrew, theological terms you want to, but it didn't say God spoke breath. It said God breathed life. So whether God, or whether God literally whispered in the ear, I don't know how God did it, but somehow breath from God himself had to make life come to form. So whether you run from God or not, that's between you and the good Lord, but just know you're running against the Creator who actually has His DNA instilled inside of you. You can, It's like the old adage, you can run, but you can't hide because God's breath is inside of you. That's like His tracking device on you. God knows because He breathed life in you. You were created by Him. In fact, the Bible tells us in the first five books of Scripture known as the Torah, or the books of law, we we know that the Bible says he formed him and then he put man to sleep and he, he, he created Eve out of the woman out of the man and we, we know the first sin. We talked about it the other week, the first sin of the Bible and how jealousy and greed and pride rose up and created calls the, the, the after the initial sin of, of of pride and and wanting to be like God, the first murder in the Bible kind of transcended from that and it just became one bad apple after the next. But God still had a plan. He shed shed, uh, an animal's blood there in in the Garden of Eden and provided uh, skins of clothing for for Adam and Eve, but blood had to be spilt so that atonement could be made. All the way now, fast forward to where we are now in the book of John and, and, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Blood had to be spilt in order so that I also could receive atonement. But I want you to understand that even when everything is bad, when everything seems hopeless, when everything seems lost, when everything seems like you have no chance of survival, whenever, when you look at me in an office and say, Pastor, my world is caving in. All hell is coming against me. I don't know what to do about my marriage. I don't know what to do about my children. I don't know what to do about my finances. I don't know what to do about my job. I don't know what to do about my health. I don't know what to do about this or that or the other. Even when it looks like you've got nothing left, God still is in the business of creating something out of nothing. Pastor, I don't have a dime to my name. Don't worry about it. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He'll send a cow to the front porch, and you just eat it right off the front porch. It's meals on wheels. It's right there. Just kill it right there. You might be driving down the road. Bambi comes flying out from the side. You make Bambi a hood ornament. You say, well, Pastor, I need to go. I was headed to the grocery store. The groceries came right to you. Pick it up and go home and skin that thing and eat it. Come on, y'all. Meals on wheels. Can't get better than that. That's better than DoorDash. Well, if it hits the side of your door, that is DoorDash, I guess, right there on the side of your door. That's the best you get. God provides out of nothing. He formed and fashioned our lives. I love what the psalmist said. Psalms 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar so off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue that you don't already know altogether. You have hedged me, behind me, and before me. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I make my bed in heaven, you are there. If I ascend to the depths of hell... You are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, you are there. Even your hand will lead me and your right hand will guide me. If I say, surely darkness will befall me and the night shall be light to me. Indeed, the darkness will not hide me from you, but the night shines as the day. Darkness and light are both alike to you, for you formed My innermost being, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are the works of your hands, and my soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance and being unformed. In the book, they're all written, the days that are fashioned for me. When there was none of them. How precious are your thoughts towards me. O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them. They would be more numerous. Than the sands of a seashore. When I am awake. I am still with you. Oh that I would sl- You would slay the wicked. O oh God. And depart. Let them depart from me. Those bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly and your enemies and your name in vain. But I do not hate them, O Lord, who you hate, and I do not loathe those who you loathe. I hate them with the perfect hatred. I can count my enemies. Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties If there be any wicked in me And lead me in the way to everlasting If you've ever heard the word of the Lord Psalms 139 The psalmist gives the best picture I could ever give you God knew you before you were born God knew you after you were born God knows what you're thinking before you think it God knows what you're going to say before you say it God knows what anxieties you're going to feel God knows what stressors you're going to have God knows what pain you're going to feel God knows what heartache you're going to experience But God knows your heart and if you search him with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding he will make your pathway straight before him God creates things so no matter what we face God creates he creates purpose power victory and dominion but I also want you to understand this morning that not only does God create things But I want you to understand, if you've never heard anybody tell you this before, God came to earth specifically for you. God didn't come to pad his Church of God ministerial report statistics. He didn't need to pad his stats. He already had the greatest stats there was going. It wasn't like he needed to come reassure himself of who he was. God didn't have to come down from heaven and prove he was God by doing miracles. That was just a byproduct. God didn't have to do that. He didn't need to do that. God had a plan. God had a reason for coming. It wasn't to make himself look great. He came for one purpose. You. Because what you couldn't do, he can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But there are some things that I can't do. And God knew that I couldn't do that. But Jesus said to the Father, now you know they can't do that, but I can. So the Father dispensed him from heaven and dispatched him to earth in human flesh so that what you could, you couldn't have saved yourself because you were the sinner. You were the, the victim. You were the one in the wrong. In fact, the Bible says, even when I try to be righteous, it's like filthy rags before the Lord. I can't even measure up to God. I was standing on the platform, the proverbial platform. Waiting for my sentencing with the jury sitting there, God the judge, and my my uh, accuser, the, the devil. The Bible says he is the accuser of their brethren. While the prosecutor standing over there saying, Well, you know, they're a liar. You know, they're a thief. You know, they're an adulterer. You know, they, they swindled money. You know, that they do this. You know, that while he's pleading his case before the Lord. And I stand there, and the Lord says, What do you have to say for yourself? And I stand there with my shame and my guilt and have to say, I, on all those accounts, I am guilty, I was a swindler, I was a liar, I wasn't adulterer, I wasn't, ch- whatever the sin was, while the devil was accusing me, and the bailiff of heaven, Gabriel, the archangel of heaven, is standing there at the front of the, of the, of the bench where God is getting ready to render judgment. All of a sudden, out of the back of the courtroom, the double doors swung open, and there walked a man in a shirt and tie, but he was one of them. He looked like a lawyer, but he looked like a different lawyer I had never seen before because he walked in, and he looked at me, and he said, son, do you have anybody that's representing you? And I said, no, sir. Nobody would take my case. Do you need an advocate for you today? Well, yes, sir, I need someone to speak on my behalf. And the devil, the accuser of the brethren, said, yeah, but he's guilty on all charge. But my defense attorney said, I first would like to call. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the Son of the Most High God. My name is the Holy Ghost. I am the advocate, and I come to speak on behalf of my client today. And I'd like to call the, the Jesus Christ. And Jesus sat up on that bench, and he said, do you tell, promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? based on your name because we're the one talking about you and Christ said I do he said do you know this man sitting in this he said yeah that's Jonathan Vaughn I know him I created him I formed and fashioned him do you know all these things he's being accused of by by this prosecution over here? Yes, sir, I do. Well, well, well can you give this this uh, uh, the court some better understanding? Does he have an alibi? Can you can you say anything? And Jesus Christ stood up. He said, "Your Honor, if I would have the liberty, could I just please stand up for a second, just so that I can make a statement on behalf?" And the the, uh, the father said, "Yes, absolutely, you can." And Jesus stood up on that that platform and he said, well, "I want everybody in the courtroom to hear me today. I want you to understand. Yes, everything that he's been accused of is right. He is." a liar he's a cheater he's a swindler he's done all those things that he's been accused of however let me also tell you today over 2000 years ago I walked down clothed in human flesh and I was born of a virgin named Mary and I went to a cross called Calvary and I was buried in a tomb borrowed by Joseph I came back to the father and started a construction project to build a mansion on the other side of Hallelujah Square for him and I want the court to be known and let it be resolved today before God and heaven and earth that I plead on his behalf I paid the penalty on his behalf therefore your honor i think that his sin should be forgotten i think it should be eradicated mercy and grace stepped into the room and the father took the gavel and he banged it and he said justice is served you are free you are free you are freed no more i have to live under that bondage go and be in sin no more that's what god came to do for you he came for you he was born of a virgin You know, it's incredible to hear his story. You know, a charge was given to a virgin girl. A challenge was presented and ultimately accepted by a young aspiring carpenter named Joseph. The clarion call was given by the best of heaven's choir. We see a haste of shepherds running into a stable in Bethlehem. We see the gifts and the innate wealth of wise men and astrologers from the east. We see the oblivion of a nation who doesn't even realize the king of the world is right behind them because they're focused on the days of events of the day rather than looking for the creator of life to come. Can I tell you, we're right back there today. Oh, there are plenty of wealthy men who can come and drop their money in a pot for Jesus. There are plenty of people who come and see what the church is doing from time to time. But the nation that we live in today is in oblivion, realizing that the answer we've been searching for, it's not some political ideology. It's not gun control laws. That doesn't fix crime. People are the issue, not the gun, y'all. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Cain didn't have a gun, but he still figured out a way to make it happen, y'all. Hello? Hatred. People kill people. No law, no, that, that's not going to fix it. You know what fixes it? Jesus. That's the only thing that fixes things is Jesus. Jesus, y'all. You see, with hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament of the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, there's been a mathematician who said that if in order for Jesus to have fulfilled one man, i.e. Jesus, to fulfill just eight of the prophecies identically to what was spoken about hundreds of years before him, would have been like 1 times 10 to the 17th power, which means 10, 1 with 17 zeros behind it is the likelihood that Jesus could have just got 8 of them right. 8. If you took that same number, if you took 10 to the 17th power worth of silver dollars, if you took a silver dollar, that amount of the silver dollars, one with 17 zeros behind them, silver dollars, you could lay them across the entire state of Texas and they would cover the state two feet deep. If you marked just one of those silver dollars with a permanent marker, blindfolded a man and told him that he had to travel until he found it and only had one chance to get that coin, that is the same probability of Jesus trying to get eight prophecies right. That's not coincidence, y'all. He's God, and that's why it was reality. Because what I can't do, He can do. But as I've already stated, He also is a God who saved me. He's a God who saves me. That's what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's all about. It's about telling the story of a man who came to save me. In every gospel, we find this story of Jesus. We are given various viewpoints of the death of Christ. Matthew and John get to see the first-hand account of it. They were there. Mark and Luke kind of have a little bit different perspective. They only got to hear like testimonies and interviews because of the day and hour. Luke wasn't necessarily present, so he had to interview Peter and other apostles Mark would have known about Jesus because Mark would have been about a teenager because the Bible said his mom helped serve uh, being a disciple or or being a a faithful follower of Jesus. But but more than likely his mama would have shielded him from a lot of the grotesque things of the day and and the the crucifix because the Romans were so brutal. So he wouldn't have seen it all probably like Matthew and John would have. It would have still been second-handed information. In this moment, in this story, all of them have one universal thread. They talk about the power of God. They talk about the miracles of God, but they all tell about the death of Christ. Now they share it from different viewpoints. They share it from a soldier's perspective. They share it from a disciple at the cross's perspective. They share it from this perspective. They share it from. They all tell a little bit different information as far as different events that happened, but they all got it right. He went to Golgotha. He was met. He met. He was met by Pilate. He was beaten by Pilate. He was led up to Golgotha's Hill. He was nailed. He had signs over the cross that said, King of the Jews. They got that right. They got that he went to a tomb. They got that he was buried in a tomb. That's all the universal thread. You see, the Romans were ruthless. They prided themselves on being the greatest torturers of the day. They wanted those who were prisoners or incarcerated to be inflicted with as much pain and feel as much discomfort as humanly possible. They wanted someone to be begging for their life and just say, please kill me. That's how bad they wanted to inflict it. They wanted you to beg to die. The gospel writers gave us the, picture, the pictorial view of how awful and grotesque and horrific this death of Christ is. He was given sour wine and vinegar to drink when he was dehydrated. He was mocked. He was spat upon, he was cursed at, he was forsaken, he was beaten, he was abandoned by his family, he was abandoned by his friends, he was nailed to a cross like he was a decoration to be hung on a wall, like a lamb led to the slaughter, yet he never opened his mouth. He never blamed them. He never cursed them. He wasn't like the other thief yelling and screaming how awful they were. He said nothing except the following phrases. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He talked to the Father. He prayed. The next words we hear him say, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing to me, God. Forgive them. Every one of you under the sound of my voice, as Ms. Carol makes her way this morning, every one the sound of my voice, every time you make a mistake, sometimes you may not even realize what you're doing, but Jesus has already prayed from the foundations of your life, God, forgive them, they don't even know what they're doing. Now, you still have to come to Him and ask Him to forgive you, but Jesus already told the Father, when they come, forgive them, they don't know what they did. I thirst. The greatest words ever spoken in all of human history Is three words It is finished That's it You know what it is finished means It literally means it's done I did it Paid it off I died I accomplished it It's done It's finished It's done I signed the contract I paid it off I'm debt free It's done The Bible The the same mathematician also said that if Jesus got 48 prophecies right, it would be like 1 to, by 10 to the 157th power, which means 1 with 157 zeros behind it to get 48 prophecies right. If you count them up, there are over 324 prophecies Jesus got right you can't even put the mathematician that came up to it says I don't even know how to calculate the odds of that it's never been done I can't calculate that because what's impossible with man is made possible with God I can't save myself but God can the Bible says that when he died the temple bell was rent from top to bottom it was like a hot knife going through butter it just seared that thing all the way down but it also historians tell us that if you'd have tied two draft horses and you would have had them pulling in opposite directions with it tied off they would have not been able to pull the veil apart so you would have had the strength of horses pulling against it can't rip it but when Jesus said it is finished he had enough power to just cut it like a hot knife and butter you know what was behind the veil the holy of holies where the presence of God was represented in the back. What Jesus was really doing said, it is finished. There's no longer going to be a separation or divide. I am the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. I will be the advocate. I will be the high priest between God and man. They will come to me. They will pray to me. They will seek my face. And I will bring them to the throne room of grace and mercy where I can boldly come before God myself. But here's the last thing I want to tell you before we pray. But that's not the end of his story either. God's returning for you too. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house are many mansions. If I were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. But I will come again to receive you unto myself so that where I am, you will be also. How are you going to know the way? Thomas, don't worry about that because I am the way. The truth and the life. And No one comes to the Father but by me. You know where you're going if you know Jesus? A place of no sorrow, no crying, no heartache, no pain, no sin. A place of perfect peace, joy, love, the fullness of God's presence and the power of His Spirit. You know, in the movie Toy Story, as I get ready to close today, in the movie Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear has one of the most iconic phrases of all times. You press his little button, he says one thing. To infinity and beyond. I hate to tell old Buzz, but he's a little late to the draw. Because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, God had plans for me; he plans of prosperity, not to harm me, to give me hope for the future. The psalmist David said, God put me together in my mother's womb before I was even formed in fashion. So, with all that being said, here's what I do know: before Buzz Lightyear even knew what he was saying, God already had something for eternity. We call it eternity in the church, but it will last to infinity. And beyond. Because when I stand on the streets of gold and see jasper walls and walk through gates of pearl. And I shake hands with Peter. And I lock eyes with Paul. And I get to high five Gabriel going by. It's for eternity. It's for infinity. And beyond. I don't come back to this place. I don't care what y'all do with the earth if you stay. But I'm not coming back because it's to infinity. And beyond. I don't plan on... God's returning for me, but when I go with him, I'm not coming back either, (laughs) okay? It's to infinity and beyond. See, I wasn't there when Jesus healed the blind man, opened up deaf ears, loosened the mute and dumb of speech, raised the dead, fed the masses, preached the sermon. I wasn't there when he died on the cross. I wasn't there. When he said it is finished. I wasn't there when they took him off the cross. They put him in the tomb and prepared his body. I wasn't there when they rolled the stone away. I wasn't there when the soldiers put the the seal of Pilate on there so no one can seal it. I wasn't there when he rose from the dead. I wasn't there when he appeared to Mary and over 400 other people. I wasn't there on the Mount of Olives when he ascended up into the heavens and the clouds welcomed him. And two men in white raiment and apparel said he is coming back again. I wasn't there when the Apostle Paul did his missionary journeys. I wasn't there when... Stephen saw him at his stoning. I wasn't there when John the Revelator saw the vision of heaven. I wasn't there when the early church began to be endued with power from on high that the Holy Ghost came upon them. I wasn't there. But there is one event on God's calendar that I am going to be there for. I may not have been there for all those events, but I'm telling you that when this time, when Gabriel blows the trumpet and they step over heaven's portals and the clouds roll back forever as the scroll and the Son of God descends from heaven, I don't know what you'll be doing. But I will be there then. I will see him in all glory. I will see him in all likeness. I will go with him because Christ is coming back for me. So here's the bottom line today. No one will ever leave this place today and say this about me. You'll never be able to say, well, I've been going to that church for two years and I've never heard The gospel message of Jesus Christ. You just heard it all. In about 45 minutes, I literally gave you 66 books of information. God created everything from Genesis 1. God came in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as a baby. God died to save you and me. And if you believe that, He did all those things. God's coming back to get you to Revelations. Revelations. So you this morning, you somebody said, "Well, my pastor this morning preached from Genesis to Revelation." Yes, he did. Tell him I did. I sure did. In the beginning, God started. You know that. It, you know what it says in the end of Revelation. Forever and ever, Amen. That's the last line. Forever, and ever, Amen. You know the first words of Scripture in the beginning. This morning I presented you today in the beginning You can have hope, you can have joy, you can get saved You can be prayed for I know Sister Patricia Lambert wants us to anoint a prayer cloth for her today I know Sister Jennifer is having surgery this week And we're going to pray for her as well That all that goes well But I'm here to tell you that God knew everything What Sister Patricia needed, what Sister Jennifer needed God knew it from the beginning God knew if you were going to be here this morning God knew who would be here God knew if you were saved God knew if you weren't saved God knew it from the beginning But can I tell you, you might have come here with something on your plate That was the beginning But you can leave here with this word, forever and ever. Amen. You came in here with something on your heart, but you can leave here knowing God is still the same today, yesterday, today, and forever and ever. Amen. You're going to a place, if you know Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven forever and ever. Amen. So Buzz Lightyear, you got it a little bit late. But you are right about one thing. All of us one day are going to experience eternity to infinity. And beyond. Will you stand all over this house today? I'm going to ask Sister Patricia Lambert to make her way this morning. I'm going to also ask Sister Jennifer, you'll come beside me as well. I'm going to ask Pastor Art and some of the council and others of the church if they will come. Miss Jennifer, you'll come. Brother Randy, if you will get these anointed for me. Anoint those while they're coming your head bowed and eyes closed, we're going to get ready to pray for these two ladies who have some things going on that they need touch from the Lord. your head bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask this one question. Is there somebody under the sound of my voice today, you needed to be reminded of God's story, and you would say to me today, Pastor, I want to make sure that I'm right and ready to go so that one day when God comes back, He'll be coming back to get me too. I want to make sure I'm right with Him, with no one looking around but me and Jesus. If you want to give your heart to Jesus or you want to rededicate your heart to Jesus to make sure you're going to make it, I want you to just slip your hand right where you are. No no one's looking. Yes, I see. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those three hands. Any others? God bless you today. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. All right, church, before we pray for these precious people, I want us to pray this together with them. We're going to all repeat it after me so no one feels like they're all along. So let's pray together. Repeat this after me. Dear Lord, I am a sinner and I know I need a Savior. I've heard the word today, and I know it's true. You came, you died, you were buried, you ro- you rose again. You're sitting at the right hand of the Father, and you're coming back again. Forgive me of my sins, to be Lord and Savior of my life. I want to go where you are. In Jesus' name, Amen. Everybody look at me. If you said that prayer, all those that raised your hands, you're now saved. You're going with the preacher when Jesus comes back. You're going to heaven with me. Can we give God praise today for that? They're going with us this time. They're going with us. For those that feel comfortable praying, I'm going to ask you to gather around. This will serve not only as our prayer. I'll pray, and then I'll have Brother Randy close our minute. But those that are willing to help me pray for these precious ladies. Sister Jennifer has surgery tomorrow. Sister Patricia, sister, needs a touch from the Lord as well. So if you'll join me. Those that can, immediately after I pray, Brother Randy will pray a benedictory prayer. Don't forget, tonight Bible school starts 7 p.m. Also, don't forget to get your kids as as well. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know what she needs. You know what her sister needs. But God, you are a God that supplies all our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Today I am praying that God, this prayer cloth, symbolically, we preached about it last week, that they would anoint the aprons and the prayer cloths and send it to people so that they could experience the healing power of the Holy Spirit. God, whatever she needs today, let it be done and forever settled in heaven. Lord, let it be revealed on earth as it is in heaven. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. God, let her leave this place and her sister to know someone has uplifted her behalf today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray when she goes, to her appointment tomorrow, God, she takes this prayer cloth with her, God, I pray when she lays in that hospital bed, God, when those, even though she may be out not knowing what's going on, this cloth will lay right beside her, God, that you will guide the surgeon's hands, the doctor's hands, the nurse's hands, the anesthesiologist's hands, God, that you would bring healing virtue, God, it would be a smooth success. It would be a smooth surgery. There would be no complications. God, she would feel the Shekinah glory of God in the room. She would have no fear. She would have no worry. But, God, she would walk in peace knowing God is in the operating room with her. God is in the room with her every step of the way. And she is not alone. You never leave us nor forsake us. You are God that sticks with us forever and ever. In Christ's name, Father, we pray today. May the words of our mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing. In your sight, O Lord, and our God and blessed Redeemer, and may you bless us and keep us and face shine upon us and be gracious to us and lift up your countenance. Lord, we thank you today, and we worship you. In Christ's name, we pray. Lord, as we get ready to pray our dinner victory prayer, let us go together in the faith, Lord, and in the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, we pray.
2: Kind heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity, Lord, that you've given us today to come before you. Lord, we thank you for the words that were spoken. Lord, that we can understand your presence. We can understand your purpose. Lord, that we can take it forward and do it. Be with us as we go to our plumes, Lord, that we can do as you would have us to do. We ask in Jesus' holy precious name. Amen.
1: Don't forget, if you're for VBS, please meet us up front for five minutes for a quick meeting for VBS. God bless you today.